0: Well, hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. It's always a pleasure to have you with me. You know, uh, one of the, the hallmarks uh, of a great baseball player is that they hit somewhere in the range of about three to four of every ball's coming out. If they hit four, they're really something else. If they hit three, they're really, really good. Uh, our next guest, Chad Peterson of Peterson Acquisitions, has a closing rate at selling businesses in the 90% range. So you might want to grab a. a piece of paper and, uh, and something to write with. And to get ready to take some notes, he's the author of Swinging Doors and also the host of the Business Brokers Podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chad Peterson. Chad, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me on your show, Bill. I believe your audience is my audience as well. I look forward to being on.
0: Yep. We're, uh, my audience is... Uh, the, the getting ready for prime time, and you're you're the prime time. You're you're what we're getting them ready for is is to monetize that business, to turn uh, all of their their life's work into a a, a check that they can basically live on, uh, or or move on. Uh, and so it's it's a pleasure to have you on as well, Chad. Before we get into the, you know, talking about what what it takes to get your business ready for sale, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background
1: well um, I'm Chad Peterson I'm 41 years old I'm more than likely one of the more younger brokers you'll find out there and uh, the reason that that I've done so well at what I've done is because I've been self-employed my entire life and I got into this this business by the natural way by building my businesses and selling them I didn't sell them myself but I had gone through the process um, several times with with another broker And it was hinted to me ever so gently, Chad, you're so good at this. You're so good at, you know, building and selling businesses. Why don't you help other people do it? So I began doing that. And I was at first an unpaid consultant, which is one of the worst things you can be, you know, because people were coming to me asking me for help. And it was just after a while I had realized I need to start charging for this and turn this into a full-time business. And that was eons ago. But that's how I got into the business is, is bootstrapping my way, through every business that I had ever built and sold. And I came to the market with tenacity because I had lost $10 million in '08. My business that I had at that time was worth $10 million. I held on to it too long. When you're, when, when you're doing well is the time to sell. Where there's no passion, there is no profit. And I was losing passion, but I was making a hell of a lot of money. And I was approached to be bought. I wouldn't do it because it was a gravy train with biscuit wheels, and I just missed the ball. And so I just amped it up even more because I'm not going to let people go through what I did. And I'm going to help people with a good exit strategy so they can plan on selling, maximize their, their exit, and help them move on to their next adventure.
0: Wow, that's a that's a great background, and uh, sounds like uh, experience was a, a a harsh teacher to you. But again, that gives you the passion to be able to tell people, don't don't uh, wait too long. Look what happened to me, and um, and now you're able to help people uh, in their um, area. You know, the thing about today is a lot of people are saying, well, today we're kind of at a if if the economic clock is a a, a clock face, we're kind of at 11 o'clock maybe right now is a good time to sell for a lot of business owners because for a lot of them they're busy and doing well and they remember not too long ago in 2008 through probably 2012 things were pretty tough do you find that a lot of people now are interested in uh, in kicking the tires and seeing what the, the business is worth and trying to get it sold
1: I don't um, We I don't see a lot of people that are chomping at the bit to, to sell um, We I have plenty of clients right now but the the reason I don't see the people that you know anxiously waiting to sell is is because uh, they're doing well, and so it, it's a it's a misnomer in the mind. You know, most people call me because you know they call me and say, Chad, I'm doing terrible. I need to sell, and I'm like, Well, right. I can't help you. When right. you're doing well, is the time to sell. Don't wait. You you can't wait. You have to sell at the top of your game, and. I believe the reason that I don't see a lot of people coming to sell, in addition to the, the answer I just gave you, is because they believe they have to exit at either a certain number for their business or a certain age. Two of them are totally false. Um, disease can strike at any age, death can strike at any age, uh, disability can strike at any age. There's, there's no exact timeline when you should sell. If you're doing well, go ahead and sell. Now, you sell for the most you can because we're in this Trump economy that we've never seen. It's unbelievable. The economy is roaring. And. You know, we're, we're bound for a correction, right? I mean, we, we're going to have to have some sort of correction. I'm not saying the sky's mm-hmm. going to turn black and it's going to be, mm-hmm. be 1930 again. I'm not even going to say it's going to be 08 again. But this has to come down a little bit. We were due before Trump got into office. Mm-hmm. So now right. that everybody's fat and happy in their business, they're not really – you know, they're thinking they have to sell for a certain number and a certain age. But if you were to sell your business – and you had a lot of dry powder. I can show you how to make 4,000% on your money if you want to move on up and go to a different adventure rather than thinking of selling and just sitting on your duff and not doing anything the rest of your life, which that's also a misnomer. All these uh, you know, money management companies that promote retirement and sitting around and drinking iced tea and linen on the beach, that doesn't work. I've I've sold businesses for people that are 70 years old, they're ready to retire and at 72 they come back to me and they buy another business from me because they're bored to death. Right. So right, right. the the re, the retirement thing is a is a fickle misnomer because you must sell and and think about your next step because even if you're 60 years old or 65 years old, you're still 35 in your mind. You got to keep on going. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Absolutely right. And you, know, you mentioned something earlier. You said no passion, no profit, which I really like. Uh, uh, let's let's address that because a lot of business owners have been running their business for a long time—maybe thirty, forty, fifty years, even uh, if they started really young—and and they're all kind of saying, I don't, I don't know. Like like you said, I don't know if I want to retire, but I certainly want to rewire my life and do something different and take on some other challenges. And like you mentioned, most business owners are Type A personalities. They they didn't get where they are. Uh, by by being, you know, safe and, and sitting around.
1: You are correct about that. And, and, you know, let me let me address something within that question that I think is important. I, I think there's two types of people. There's entrepreneurs and business owners. Sometimes the line gets blurred. So let's just say some of your audience, uh, uh, these baby boomers, are entrepreneurs. That's truly who they are in their heart, which is a, a big distinction from business owner. Business owner has a lot more management within them. An entrepreneur likes to go in there and build this company, get it going. He's got a vision, he's got a passion. You know, it's it's the Henry Fords and the and you know the, the the triumphant leaders of the past. That's really what entrepreneurs are. But these baby boomers more than likely put themselves into a business management role within their entrepreneurial um, being within their business, and they stuck with that. Well. Maybe they're not the greatest business manager or business runner. Maybe somebody else could do the day-to-day grind better than they could. And, but, but this has been the milk cow that has been delivering, and so they've held right. on to it for a long time. Now, even if you're in the wrong position and you're, being, you're more of an entrepreneur, but you're a business owner, being a business manager, the day-to-day you know, nurturing guy, um, your passion can start to wane, and the reason your passion is waning is because you're in the wrong position. Entrepreneurs are usually good for three or four years, and then they got to get out. that's one of the greatest things about our country. You know every four years we get the the gusto of a new president or the or the possibility of if not eight years, and that gives somebody with new energy you know I, being a president is, is is kind of an entrepreneurial setup you know how much can you do in four years and then give to somebody else? And Mm -hmm. if people haven't been abiding to that mentality, they're probably burning themselves out in some fashion. But to answer your question more clearly on passion and profit, people come to me and they say, hey, I think we're ready to sell. And I already know they're ready to sell because by the time they've contacted me, they've thought about it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. It might not be Mm -hmm. every day, but sometimes, you know, they, they have something happen and it's just a pain in the ass in their business. And they're just like, damn it, maybe I should just sell this place. And then a couple of days later everything's good again. You know, this ebb and flow happens Mm, for a long time before they contact me. And what they'll do is they'll contact me. Let's just say somebody contacted me in 2016, and they were thinking about selling, but they get so emotionally gripped to their business because of an age or a certain number, or they're just scared to sell because this is what's been doing it for them for so long, and they have confirmation bias because you know th- this keeps confirming them that this is making their money, and so they have to stay right here. For any number of reasons, people stay where they're at, but as their passion goes down, I can see the profit on their profit and loss drop. I've seen it countless times. And so then they'll call me, let's just say they call me 2 years later. They'll say, "Hey, I think we're ready to sell." And I'm like, "Okay." And I'll look back in the records, in 2016, they were up 15-20% to where they're at now. Now that affects their end game, their end exit price quite a bit. Right. You know, and and, and so so again, where there's no passion, there is no profit. When you're doing well is time to sell. There's no time that's perfect to sell. They're, you know, tragedy, disease, illness, disability can always hit you. Sell, take your money, and walk on to the next adventure, and it only takes 10% to buy a business. So let's just say you wanted to buy. Let's just say right now one of your baby boomers is making 500 grand a year, let's just say, and they want to sell their business. Let's just say I end up getting that business sold for $1.7, $1.8 million. Mm -hmm. We can sell that business. They can walk with, let's just say, $1.7 or $1.8 million. If they wanted to... To go buy a business that fit their emotional needs at their point in their life now, what they feel comfortable doing. I'm not talking about going back to being 25 or 30 years old with an ax to grind, working from 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about buying a business that would require them five or 10 hours a week, maintaining the books, taking care of their management. And if they wanted to go make, you know, $2 million a year, it would only take you know 700 grand out of their 1.7 million that they just got in their pocket and now they walk with a million and now they got a business making them 2 million dollars a year mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. people get so focused it's a, it's an inflection point where they just don't know you know, what's going on and they gotta make a decision and they make no decision. And the best decision is to sell and move on to something that's that's gonna work for you. Not, not immediately. I tell people this, listen, sell your business, help the buyer transition, and then and then go take go take a break. Why don't you take a year long break and why don't you and I work on getting you to the next business that suits your needs at this time in your life. And that way, they they have a, enough time to sit around on their ass for a year, not do anything, enjoy their time off, and say, you know what, I'm kind of ready to get back into something.
0: That's great. You know, I think that adds a whole new dimension to what more, most people think about uh, is, as your role as a business broker. You're more of a of a adventure consultant, <laughs> because uh, I, you know, in yeah. some ways, people think, you know, I just need this person to sell my business. Well, that 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 that's true, but. You need somebody that can help you think about what 's next after that, uh, and in terms that like you just put, I think that it would appeal to a lot of people chad I, I read the statistics that i 'm sure you see that only about one to two out of ten business owners that go to a business broker actually are able to sell their business uh, what you know i don 't know if that 's your experience as well. I mean you have a very high closing rate, but you 're probably very selective. What are some of the biggest reasons that Business owners aren't able to sell their business, and what can they do about it?
1: The main reason that business owners are not able to sell their business is because of the way that the arrangement and the relationship is uh, started between the broker and the seller. Brokers are paid on a commission basis and a lot of times, the brokers will tell the sellers whatever they want to hear to get them in the door. That includes overinflating the price. So it goes back to a, a little blurb of what you said just about a minute ago that I'm very selective. I will not bring a client on if they have unrealistic expectations of their value. I also won't bring a client on if they're a problematic personality. Because those two things are the are the biggest deal killers. Now, they can go down the street to some broker who just wants a commission. I don't need the commission. I'm not saying I'm not here to make money, but I'm not going to tell somebody that their business is worth you know, $3 million when it's only worth $2 million only to go through a year or a year and a half of a whole lot of headache and pain for no results. So what I do is I say, listen, Let's let's talk about value. I spend hours on I mean, actually, I'd say five hours with the which with each seller before we even discuss me working for them. And I'm going to talk about value and why that value is such value. And it all comes down to bankability. It all comes down to the debt service on what that business is healthy enough to provide in the way of debt service. And what a buyer is going to be, you know, what a buyer's appetite is going to be to buy such business. And Everybody believes that their business is worth far more than what it is. That's And, and by the way, me right, too. Right, right. Me, me too. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here, you know, I mean, my car, I drive a beautiful S63 Mercedes-Benz. In my opinion, it's the greatest car on the road. And I've driven in, in luxury vehicles like Rolls Royces and things like that. I'm telling you, this S63 is dynamite. I think it's worth far more than what it's actually worth. You know why? Because I own it. All right, mm-hmm. so, if I wanted to go sell my bins, I would be disgusted at what the the uh the dealership told me i'd be i'd be flat out insulted and so whenever somebody calls me i've got to make sure that that seller understands we we've got to be in the norm of reality regarding the value of your business and and they cannot be a problematic personality because that is probably the biggest deal killer of all is a seller who you know, this is a big thing in their life. It's a really big step. And sometimes right. that can bring out the, the worst side of them. And I have to get that seller to be able to work amicably with a buyer and a bank. And everybody's got to get along. And so um, that's probably why my closing ratio is so high is because I weed out what I know. You know, I, I know what horse isn't going to come through. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't mess with it, is that, if that answers your question.
0: That, that answers the question, but what what do those people uh, do, are you you know I'm sure a percentage of them uh, are dejected because their uh, you know their valuation is a lot lower than they thought like you said you know that that happens all the time uh, and then there's a certain number that are rejected uh, by you because you say look you're 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 not saleable uh, you know there's okay there's a the percentage that are problem personalities like you say um, and a lot of business owners are strong-headed that's what got them to the you know, to where they are. But uh, for those that you say, look, you're not ready, Uh, your business isn't going to be, it's not going to win a beauty contest right now. It's not attractive. What are, uh, besides unrealistic expectations for valuation, what are some of the uh, things that business owners can go back and work on and come back to you in a year or two and say, hey, Chad, I listened to you. Uh, I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, uh, I'm much more saleable now.
1: Well, a lot of, it really comes down to earnings. So if their Mm -hmm. earnings are low, they're not going to be as viable to sell if their earnings are low. And so oftentimes what I'll say is, you know, do X, Y, Z and come back to me. You know, come back to me in two years. Get your numbers up and come back. It all comes down Mm -hmm. to the seller's discretionary earnings or the cash flow. The net earnings of the business has to be uh, up in order for them to, to sell. If I've seen declining revenue, you know, for instance, let's just say 17 was incredible, 18 suffered, and now 19 is even worse. I know it's passion. I know their passion is lost. So, so now we have to make the critical decision. Do you have enough passion to go you know, whip this thing into shape for the next 24 months? And, and I'll gut check them. And if they say, no, I really don't, I just need to get out of this, okay, then we'll sell it. You know why? It's their passion that's waned. It's not the business. There's nothing wrong with the business. You know, it's, it's heaven or hell, right? One's man's heaven is another man's hell. And so this person has been running the business for however long, he's tired of it, needs to move on, and he held on to it for too long. So if, if they're uh, not sellable because their numbers are low, that's going to be weighed against their passion. And so that's something I help them with to determine if now's the time to sell at a reduced value and move on to the next adventure. You know, seeing the forest through the trees instead of getting stuck on a high number, I help them with that. Otherwise, I say come back to me in a couple years whenever your numbers look better.
0: Yeah and it's it's for some people it's it's kind of like running a marathon you know they hit the wall at a certain point and if they uh and a lot of people experience uh an end of the race kind of a energy burst because they know the end is near uh so uh as a a business broker and kind of a coach uh, for for people that you work with and I heard you say this earlier is it about a year that they should expect you know don't expect uh, any kind of a turnaround here or, or uh, offers or sales, uh, is, is a year a good timeline for people to think about uh, in advance for selling their business if it's saleable?
1: No, I can usually get a business sold in six months, but mm-hmm. they need to be prepared for a year. Um, most of the time I get it done within six months, but let's just say I hit a snag. Let's say that um, the buyer doesn't qualify that I had in place and we have to start again with another buyer, then I need to have the runway to land this thing. So I tell him I, I to plan on a year. Plus, even if it takes me six months to sell the business, the, the owner, the seller is going to be around for at least 90 days to help them transition. So you're at 90 days and, um, you know, sometimes the sellers like to stay on for another three months just to help out, just to remain useful, just to make sure that it's going well. So I tell them a year from start to finish, and I can usually get the initial transaction done within six months.
0: Terrific. Now, I know, you know a large percentage of businesses out there uh, are family businesses, and they think about the family transition. If, if you were to be able to take a business owner aside and say, look, I know you love your family, your, your, your kids are really nice, great people, but... Uh, family business sales are, you know, are very tough. They they don't work out a lot of the time. Would you counsel people to uh, uh, look for an outside buyer as opposed to a family sale, all things being equal?
1: Well, I think the people that want to sell to their family are pretty nostalgic. It doesn't work. It never does. I've I've been doing this for a long time. I've done countless transactions. I have I have met. Two companies, uh, two company owners that were third generation and one of them was fourth generation. That is incredibly rare. And I believe the reason that they kept it in the family is because um, they didn't drown the kids in it throughout Mm -hmm. the journey of getting there. In other words... They sent the the kids to college. This is what they did. They sent the kids to college. They let the kids go out in the real world, get some experience, and then gave them the option to come back into the business if they wanted to with specific roles to fill that's how they were able to do it. One of them was a popcorn company that's been around since like you know eighteen forty or something. you know i mean it they, they exist, but they're so rare. The problem is you know they well, it's actually fraught with problems, really, selling your business to your children. It's impossible. Number one, they usually don't have the money. Um, they don't have the down payment. Uh, there's, there, there ends up becoming a required uh, seller carry from the seller to the son or daughter or whatever. And it ends up just crossing too many family business lines. And if there's problems in the business, it, it becomes uh, very painful for both sides, father, their father, son. You know, it's 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 just a bad idea. I mean, it really, really is, <laughs> and um, and it's the worst idea actually. So, there was uh, not too long ago there was a father son ish relationship. I mean, they might as well have been father and son. Uh, this kid didn't have a father. He had worked for him for a long time. They met each other in church group. It was like a father son ran operation, and he wanted to sell to him, and we were like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. Well. About three months into the process, problems started to happen. Their relationship started to change because of this financial transaction that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was the responsible decision, in this case, of the child, I will call him, the son of the father's son. He called the ball on it and said, This isn't the right thing to do. Let's just sell it to somebody else. This guy's like my dad. And I thought that was really wise of him. And so stay away from it. I mean, that's the answer. Stay away from that thought process.
0: <laughs> if you love your family you'll sell your business <laughs> and then then you uh can <clears throat> as we say you know have happy thanksgiving's forever so it- it's really important yeah. to to ha- to have you know someone at your side audience that that knows what they're talking about has done this many times before and gives you straight answers uh, as far as you know what's realistic uh, wh- you know what's going to what's going to happen and and can it happen so that because you can get all tied up in this uh business sale, right, Chad? And, and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're busier thinking about that than you are running your business and problems start to happen. So you've got yeah, a lot correct. of questions. you right are
1: there. correct. And I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I've been at this for a long time. I understand the psychological and emotional journey that, that entrepreneurs go through, that business owners suffer through. I understand the dynamics of this entire process because I've been through it and I've, I've helped countless people do it. But I'll tell you this just, you know, real quick. Um, there's, a, there's a restaurant about 100 miles north of me, and they called me three years ago. And I told them their number that it was worth. And they said, no, it's got to be worth more than that. And I said, I'm sorry it isn't. I didn't take them on as a client. They went with another broker. This broker gave them all the rainbows and, rainbows and unicorns and, you know, a pot of gold and everything else sales pitch. She came back to me about three months ago, and she was just exhausted. She went through that huge process. They, they've lost a lot of their revenue in their business. Uh, the broker didn't handle it correctly. People found out about the sale. It hurt their business. It hurt their employees. And now she's back in my lap. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things where, and I'm gonna, I am an I told you so guy. I mean, I am for sure. And I will say, I told you. You know, and so I'm the kind of guy that's going to give you the honest answer. I'm not, I don't have any time for shenanigans. I just don't. And right. so if, 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 you know, I'm going to give it to you straight. If you don't like it, then move on. Go go use somebody else because you're, you're going to wear yourself out. And um, so I, I, I told her I told her so, and I, I allowed her to come in as a client um, again. But, you know, it's pretty tough to sell this business now that they've suffered
0: you know and i have seen on your website which is fantastic by the way it's a, uh it's petersonacquisitions.com audience and i've seen on your website there a very good quote and i'll i'll let you finish it i'll just start it to jog your memory if you go to the market with mm-hmm. too high of a price tag what's if the you rest of that go to the
1: market with too high of, oh god i've got a big website my friend i don't know what this is,
0: it is. The, here it is here it is if you go to the market with too high of a price tag, the banks won't finance the buyer. Correct. Right?
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it, a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a financial it's equation. A you go, if, it yeah. is. Based on debt service, yes.
0: Yeah, based on debt service. It's a financial equation. It's got to make sense. Kind of like if you go to buy a house and it's overpriced, the appraisers are going to come back and tell you, hey, you, you're you not going to get this financed at this price because you're, you're overpaying for it. Uh, so, anyways, uh, it's great to talk with you, uh, and our listeners uh, uh, can find you again at Peterson, com. P-E-T-E, acquisitions.com. Uh, Peterson com. Yeah. And uh, what's the? It, it, there's a lot on your website. Um, uh, you and you've also written a book and you do a podcast. So tell us a little bit quickly about the book and the podcast, if you would.
1: Well, the podcast I've I've done a few episodes, but it's still developmental. Um, it's I'm, I'm doing I'm I'm I am interviewing some business owners that have a story to tell. I'm also interviewing CPAs, people that are professionals, uh, you know, in within my industry, you know, existential to my occupation, but still within my industry because they help a lot with what we do. Uh, financial planners, things like that. So business owners, financial planners, CPAs, and even sometimes attorneys is, is who is on my podcast. It's rather developmental at this point. Um, but as far as the book, uh, your audience can go to petersonacquisitions.com. They can uh, contact me, and as long as they state that they heard, heard me on your podcast, I will send them a free download of the book.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's swinging doors. It's a guide to selling your business. It really is meat and potatoes. It's only a, you know, I don't even know, 80-page book. But it, it really is the meat and potatoes. There's no fluff in it. And so it's going to help you understand various things. Having said that, um, you know, just because you read an encyclopedia doesn't mean that, you know, you're ready to go sell your business on your own. I mean, I've got to walk people through the process but it is a good guide a manual terms understanding of various aspects of the transaction it's really good and if they go to petersonacquisitions.com i will send them a free download of the book
0: well we appreciate that i'd love to have you back sometime and talk talk about some more of these uh, business owner stories i think they're very interesting for our listeners to hear some actual stories of uh, success and uh, and failures out there, you know, so they can learn from the failures and and strive for the successes. And, again, it's Peterson Acquisitions. Do you want to give out any other contact information, or should we just send people to the website?
1: Yeah, just, uh, just go to the website. I'm very responsive. I work seven days a week, not because I have to, but because I want to. I'm always plugged in. You know, there's only so much time I can watch TV, only so much time I'm going to – Give to give to the gal. There's only so much time I can, you know, wa- you know, sit around. So every day I'm working on something. I'm very responsive. I wouldn't be surprised if I call you back on a Sunday. Just contact me through the website and I will get back to you.
0: Terrific. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Chad Peterson, the hardest working business broker you'll ever meet. Chad, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this.